Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. The John Curley, Sherry Elliger Show, starring Sherry Elliger and Robert Blake. How about that? Yep. R.I.P. Who seems insensitive, R.I.P.? But we just got news, and Chris Martin, for some reason, likes to send out two guys in the middle of our show. We, I don't think we're responsible for it, but Robert Blake, Beretta, passing away in the middle yes. of our show. Who was acquitted for killing his wife, by the way. Thank you, Sherry, for that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, they're coming for your money. That's right, because it's not a it's not a uh, spending problem. It's a taxing problem. We need more of your money. And uh, that's exactly what they hope to get. The um, Let's see. You could talk about federal. That would be Biden. Or we could talk about what they want to do in the state of Washington. Either way, the rich need to pay their fair share because the rich don't pay their fair share. So the Senate hearing today to tax the wealthy Washingtonians. Let's see. Do we have sound on wealthy Washingtonians not paying their fair share? Probably not. But basically what the idea is. There's um, some billionaires that live in the state of Washington. One of the reasons they live here is, well, because you don't have a uh, income tax. And uh, you know who they are, right? We don't have to say any names, but you know who they are. So they've decided in the state of Washington, we are going to tax you, rich guy, super, because you don't pay your fair share. And we're going to tax your assets before you realize them. So let's say you buy a house for $500,000 in 10 years. It's now worth a million bucks. So it's got you $500,000 worth of um, capital gains. You have $500,000 worth of equity. They want, even though you haven't realized it, you haven't sold your house yet, they want, the legislators want to be able to tax your unrealized gains. So these are your assets, whether it's stocks or something else that's collectible or whatever. They want to take a piece of it even before you sell it as income, they want to be able to tax it, right? I set that up correctly. Is that basically the idea? Yes. So here's what it says uh, from Como News. Senate Bill 5486, which was sponsored by Noel Frame, a a Democrat Uh from Seattle, would create a, quote, narrowly tailored property tax on extreme wealth derived from the ownership of stocks, bonds and other financial assets the first right. 250 million of assessed value would be exempt from the tax oh, so okay. um he this is what he said about it we have an upside down tax code here in washington that benefits some of the wealthiest people in the world and it's time mm-hmm. that they pay what they owe ah uh, i see so it would generate Jeff, about it, a three billion a year by the way sure it would now they have to do a thing called mark to market which means they would have to determine Okay, at this precise time, the government uh, will now assess all of your assets. So if you're like Jeff Bezos and you have billions and billions of dollars in various stocks and property and everything else, they will assess right there at that point, that stock is worth this amount of money. And they'll go, bang, right there, we mark it, and now you owe us a percentage of those assets. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, that Jeff Bezos says, well, oh, shoot, i got to pay this tax. So what he does is he begins to sell some of his stock. And as he sells his stock, just like when Elon Musk sold his stocks, I'm to sell his stock, the price of the stock begins to plummet. So then Mr. and Mrs. Smith good Democrats that they are living in Seattle, suddenly they look at their Amazon stock and it's going down. They're losing money. 
had that happened. Well, that happened because Mr. Bezos decided to sell some of his stock in order to pay the tax that the state of Washington feels that he must pay because he has excessive wealth, whatever that is, right? Or the other thing that goes into this is the just the general idea that somehow Jeff Bezos doesn't contribute to the state of Washington when Amazon has created 80,000 jobs in the state of Washington. So you want to tax Jeff Bezos? You really want to screw that guy over because he's not paying his fair share when he has created 80,000 taxpayers? Is that how you treat somebody who's created 80,000 taxpayers? You decide you are paying, you're not paying your fair share, so we're going to come after you and get you for your excessive wealth. You know, this is like the French Revolution, right? You're going to go get Marie Antoinette and the rest, and they're going to go out there and start chopping people's heads off because, you know, they don't deserve the money they've earned. Biden's trying to do the exact same thing with yes. this same idea of the wealth tax, which, by the way, is unconstitutional. If they pass this thing in Washington, it'd be unconstitutional as well because it's still it's basically an income tax. Well, and, and, but and it's also administrated. Yeah, but how do you administrate it, right? How do you determine what's the value of that thing at that time? Because if you say to Bezos, okay, your stock's worth $100 million, we'll tax you there. So they tax him at that point. But let's say for some reason the stock drops the next week. Now it's only worth this amount. You think the IRS or the state of Washington is going to rebate him the difference between the two? No, because the general refrain would be he can afford it. He can afford it. And that whole idea is just to get more money. The thing that Biden's trying to do is a much lower bar. I mean, it's for people making $400,000. And that's, you know, that's not, I mean, it's, it's wealthy, but it's not extraordinary. If you have two people earning a living in a home, that's, uh, that, that can happen. And that this, what he's looking to do would be to, uh, you know, raise the tax rate on that. Well, here's here's some. There are actually two tax hikes as part of this Medicare plan. The first is an increase in the Medicare taxes for those earning more than four hundred thousand dollars a year. That tax, which is split with employers, would go from three point eight to five percent, and it would not be capped by income. So, tax analysts say basically this creates a new top federal tax rate of forty two percent. Now, the bigger change would be applying this tax to active business profits. Right now. Business profits from pass-throughs partnerships are not subject to this NIIT tax. A growing number of lawyers, accountants, real estate investors, celebrities, money managers, they label more of their pay as business profits rather than wages to get around this tax. Biden calls this a loophole, but proponents say closing it would hurt a lot of small businesses. It's expected to generate over $200 billion in revenue over 10 years. Now, sources say Biden may also consider increasing the top marginal tax rate from 37 to 39.6 percent. If he does, the new top federal rate combined with the Medicare increase would be 44.6 percent. That means if you live in California, your combined state and federal would be 57.9 percent. And if you live in New York City, the city, state and federal would all add up to a top rate of 59.4 percent. Wow, that's like France. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. So if the definition of a slave is somebody who works and is not paid for their work, 
uh, um, they received nothing. If you're paying 50% of your income to the state, I guess you would be considered half a slave. By the way, it's amazing that they don't believe that they have a spending problem because Biden's official proposal on average is a 5.2% pay increase for federal workers. So they're going to give more money to federal workers and to military in 2024, but they just believe they're going to be able to take more of it from the people at the top 1%. Top 1% of wage earners in the state of Washington, in, this, in the United States, pay 40 cents of every dollar collected. So 1% pays 40 cents of the dollar that the federal government collects. And then as you move to the 10%, that's almost 70-some cents of every dollar collected comes from the top 10%. So the idea the rich aren't paying uh, their fair share. I don't ever describe, I don't know how anybody ever describes what fair share is, but I would always assume that you would rather want to incentivize and reward the people that are making jobs and creating wealth for everybody else as opposed to labeling them as somehow greedy or heartless um, as they do with Bezos or anybody else that's out there. But the state of Washington is going to come after those guys and go get their money. Well, in terms of Medicare, I I heard Bernie Sanders on NPR, of course, the other day. And he was talking about this whole Medicare thing and talking about being able to fund it. And what do you say, John, to the people that say, you know, Medicare, um, by increasing it for the very, very, very wealthy, because they don't really need it when you think about it, they can afford to get their own health care. Right. does it seem does it does that seem at all um fair or does that seem um you know they they've worked just as hard they've paid into it dramatically they've done everything that that all the other Americans has but do you think that it's it it does seem a little more even to have people who have extraordinary wealth pay a little bit more, at least to keep the system or to keep Medicare solvent? Uh, well, the, the numbers add up. For, it's insolvent because of the projections. The average person pays, and these numbers are for a couple of years ago, the average person pays in about 135000 bucks and takes out $350,000. So how long could you run a business where you buy it for a dollar and you sell it for $0.50? Cents? Someone says, well, how's that going to ever make money? Oh, we'll make it up in volume. So someone pays one thousand they pull out three you You're not going to be able to keep this thing going. So you say, well, let's tax the rich more. They're not going to use the system, but we'll take take more of their money and pay it into a fund uh, to provide services for a bunch of other people through Medicare. I always say that why don't you look at the other side of it? Why don't you actually start to do something about your overall spending? You don't have a uh, revenue problem. You have a spending problem. The fact that the federal government continues to spend billions and billions and billions of dollars every single day. Why don't you do something about that part of it? I, My dad used to say, I don't need Medicare. He made enough money. Same thing with Social Security. I, I don't mind means testing something like that. If you make a certain amount, you don't uh, get Medicare or maybe you pay a little less or something. But this whole idea of universal health care, it just goes to show you how completely out of mind they are that they believe that they're going to be able to provide health care for everybody. There's no way they could get possibly enough money to provide those types of services. I still go back to get government out of all 
call healthcare and allow people to actually have price signals as to what something truly costs, create a real marketplace so that I could go to the doctor or shop another doctor and I'm using my own money. I'm not going to ask the government to pay for my healthcare and I'm not going to ask my employer to pay for my healthcare. I'm going to shop. Imagine if you went to the supermarket, Sherry, and you didn't have to care about the price. You just had a copay. So you would just pile up the, the conveyor belt with all sorts of goodies. You get your, you got your lobster and your steak and everything else. The person goes, that'll be $10 as you're beeping and scanning the thing across because there's no real marketplace. You don't really care about the price. And without the price, the price tends to go up. So the whole healthcare system is completely busted. Um, and they would need to reconfigure it. But listen, they're just going to keep taxing people and keep providing Medicare because nobody wants to be accused of cutting this, the great uh, promises made to the generation, whether Social Security or or uh, or health care. So, by the way, do you expect at a certain point that are you looking forward to the fact that your medical coverage will be covered by taxpayers? I'm not looking forward to what that means, which is that I'm old. Um, but I mean, wait, hold on a second. What do you consider old, Jerry? What what number is old? It you know I move that number every year. Uh, obviously, good, 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 good. <laughs> I mean, last year it was one number. This year it'll be a different number. Um, I mean, old. You know, I, it's it's all relative, I guess. But I I don't really consider anybody to be old to the degree that they are not able to function until they get to the point where they're not able to function. But as far Uh as being considered a senior citizen, that's usually in your mid to late 60s. Okay. So have you gotten an envelope from AARP? Of course. Okay. And when you get it, what do you do with it? I, I hide it and and, uh, (laughs) hang my head in shame and cover every mirror in my house. (laughs) And and weep uncontrollably and clutch the drapes? What do you do? <laughs> uh, I, well, it started coming in the mail, and I was writing nasty things on them and then sending it back to them. And I kept getting stuff from them. Um, and I just, I, politically, I don't agree with them. And then also, I hate the fact that they knew how old I was, and they started sending me those things, taking advantage of discounts and things. So, um, no, I just wanted to know where you thought old old was on that. Hey, by the way, exclu- um Inflation, we heard about shrinkflation, where they're right. starting to make packages smaller. Rather, you keep the price, the price goes, the price stays the same, but the packages get smaller. So now the new thing is exclusion. Exclusion. Inflation. To keep right. prices and corporate profits high. What is the excuse? Well, what corporations and what, what some you know, food companies or it doesn't really matter what it is. If something makes the national news, for instance, uh, the, I mean, obviously the pandemic or, yeah. uh, the war in Ukraine, those types of things, what they will, companies will often do is ride that wave, right? Because they figure, okay, now's a good time to raise the prices because we can use this media story or this kind of world event as a reason to raise it and people won't complain as much because they can excuse it away. Oh, well, of course uh-huh. there's going to be a supply chain problem. Of course there's going to be higher prices because of the pandemic, all of that. So yeah. they're pushing the prices higher when these news events hit because it's just, um, especially the ones that are called once in a lifetime events where uh-huh. you know the pandemic was a once in a lifetime event so they they can then raise prices on on certain things um 
but it's it's really a, a matter of i guess kind of public opinion if people sort of understand it and they go well eggs are so expensive because of the bird flu or because uh. of this or because of this of course they're going to be more money then they get away with it and there's never an incentive to lower prices once they've been raised well but hold on a second people aren't forced to buy something if the price gets high enough you don't want to pay for it you don't pay for it and who are you going to complain to you're going to bring the prices back down so the price of eggs goes up and the person starts to buy egg substitutes or maybe they get chickens or maybe they go without eggs um, and prices come down when you're able to produce a product and have a lower uh, production cost, and then you can slip in there and, and steal the customer from somebody else. And prices do go down when when the efficiency of the production. Like, for instance, if you were to buy a microwave oven back in the early 70s, I think it was like $3,700 or something like that, or even the first cell phone was like 3500 bucks. You get a cell phone now for 20 bucks. Why? Because the industry has been able to produce them more efficiently, and you don't have to spend as much. You can get a, a microwave oven now for $60. So prices do come down on things. But this idea that, like, oh, uh, people are so upset you need a reason to raise the price. It's the free market. If you don't like it, don't spend money on it, right? Huh? Well, that's true, but what, I think the point of the article is that now people <laughs> put him down or put Betty Lou down. Um, is that people, companies can raise these prices? People will continue to buy the products regardless of the price, and they can they can uh, use the world event or the news event or the whatever it is as an excuse, and they don't really have to justify it. Okay, all right, you're hurting her now. Don't don't do that. You're hurting her. You're hurting her ear. No. And now there you go. That's by the way, if you just this Sherry gave me this for was this my birthday or Christmas? Was that this, was your I Christmas forget. present. Christmas present. Where's That's mine, right. by the way? Uh it was a phew, that's weird. It was a Starbucks gift card. That's weird. Didn't get to you. <laughs> let me check. I think I have a whole drawer of them over here. <laughs> here we go. Get everybody writing. That's good and good for you. They're going to be part of it. Teeny tiny lady's going to find that letter of the day, and you're going to get your name mentioned on the air, at least your area code. That's just as good, by the way. Um, I guess people are lamenting the fact that what was the story? The uh, worst thing that could possibly imagine is fewer college students. There's been a bunch of studies recently that said, well, it looks like less and less kids are wanting to go to college, and it's going to cause the American economy to, to stall or flatten or won't go up as much because we won't have these bright kids graduating from college and bettering them themselves and bettering the economy so oh my what are we going to do um do you does any of that strike into your heart or brain sherry as a concern i mean i think college is a really good thing and i think that people you know i i hope that if you are able to and you want to go to college that you're you can do that but it's not for everybody and i don't think it's a tragedy at all i think that so much money is wasted on college whether it be from incredibly inflated tuition prices which are out of this world or just from the fact like i don't i don't think i learned anything in college i'm glad that i went i'm glad that i have uh-huh. a degree but i'm hard pressed to think of a single thing that was either inspirational or really provided me with a whole lot of knowledge for my field i mean i i got i got a lot of information when i did internships but i didn't learn a lot of hands-on stuff in college about broadcasting or tv or anything like that you had to actually do it to learn anything but um no i think it's a really smart choice for kids that aren't that great in school or don't like school that much to pursue something that 
they want to do, not four more years of school. And do you see the number that 78% of kids that start college that don't complete college but then have the debt? So you've taken out two or three years worth of debt on the thing, but you never graduate. You just drop out after your second or third year. So you got to pay off something that really doesn't have the, you know, the, the value because you don't have that sheepskin that says that, you know, sorry about that, that you, uh, you don't have the thing to show that you've achieved anything. You know, rise at an interesting place because so he's applied to Central Washington. He got into it, uh, and he wants to study in communication and radio. But I'm like, you don't need to go to college for that. You already got it. Get get that job. He's got a we got a friend of ours that knows somebody who might be able to help him get his you know first leg in, leg up. But get this: born and raised in the state of Washington, goes to school here, everything else. Goes to Florida, uh, lives there for a year, and then he applies to Central. And he makes the crucial mistake, Sherry, he's in the other room, of saying that he's living in Florida. He's got a Florida driver's license. So Central wants to charge him like $46,000 as an out-of-state student. Forty-six. Well, sometimes the being an out-of-state student tips the scale in your favor for admission because they want to make more money off of you. So they've oh, got a think? lot of... Yeah. So, so I, I mean, you have to consider, uh, you know, what the outcome might have been had he not been an out-of-state student. Um, oh, but- I know it is. The outcome would have been about $8,000 or something for the year. So he's got 46000 on there. So I would like to go talk to the admissions folk over there and just say, listen, he's there one year, but he's really a Washington kid, always been a Washington kid. He's got his Washington driver's license. So give him a break. Let him go. I sent him over to the DMV today. I said, go down to Ellensburg. Go to DMV. They're really nice over there. You're going to love them. You're going to love working with them they'll take different photos of you they're really sweet people so he was really looking forward to going down to the dmv and he comes back he's like they weren't so nice dad you ever sold it so i haven't found out why but i think it has something to do with his haircut wait you mean just to get his driver's license or uh yeah. what yeah the lady at the dmv in ellensburg is really nice to me she said oh you're much better looking at let's take another photo and then she showed it to me she goes what do you think of that one i go eh. she goes let's do another one so they were really kind because they don't have a lot of people in there, so they take time with you, and they're just friendly. It's not like the normal sort of DMV, you know, government take a number, sit there on a hard plastic chair. Yeah, it was, you know, a little bit more kind of, you know, small-town DMV. So they were nice to you. Yeah, I don't know why. So, <laughs> yeah. So doesn't necessarily mean sick. they're nice. <laughs> it just means that they were nice to you, and maybe... There was a different lady there today, and Possibly. there was something wrong. So it, Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, either way, if Ryan ends up going to college or not, this the National Review looks at this story and basically says that, you know, the idea that uh, we don't have enough college students, somehow the economy is going to be hurting because of that. How about somebody who's in high school ends up getting a degree or ends up, you know, journeyman and, and becomes a plumber and makes $150,000 a year? There's a need for that. There's a need for construction. There's a need for uh, plumbers, electric. There's a need for these people. There's a great book written about 10 years ago called You Can't Outsource My Hammer. And you could get a job that could be replaced by somebody in India, but when it comes to you swinging a uh, carpenter hammer or, you know, doing some plumbing and stuff, that can't be replaced somewhere else. And that's a skill that's needed. And they're still trying to find people to be able to do those types of jobs. But there's always been sort of looked down upon. When you're in high school, they hardly ever talked about that. They always talked about college and going to college and getting your degree and where are you going to go to college. And for kids that just it wasn't part of it, you just felt like, well, I guess this is just a dead end for me, right? Um, I told the story about applying and 
faking the whole thing going to you heard that right you hear that story about going to new york city and, and yeah just making up the whole resume or your whole yeah your resume resume because i hadn't done any theater and i thought well, i'll get into school for theater and then because they accept you into the conservatory they accept you into theater so i did went to 77 7th avenue the 11th or 14th floor of the taft hotel i think that's what it was i walked in there this big ballroom and I got halfway through the second monologue, and the guy stopped me, and he said, um, "He said, uh, wow, I'm looking at your application. It looks like you only got leads. You only get leads. You have no, you, you don't have any other parts? I said, well, what can you say? And he said, uh, and when you come in back, Red Rider, what was Act 2, Scene 2 like sitting there at the kitchen table with your sister? How'd you play that scene? And it's like, well, uh, it, uh, having not been in the play, having knowing nothing about the play, other than the fact that I found the play in a book, I said, well, that was difficult. He goes, yeah, it must have been difficult because you don't have a sister. I was like, that's why it was difficult. And then he said, were you in any of these plays? And I said, no. <laughs> what are you doing here? I said, I have to get into college. So I just thought I would kind of try to just fake my way in. And did he show you the door or let you complete your audition? Nope. Uh, walked out and thought, well, I never see these people again. And I was the last person to audition. So they all got in the very, very slow elevator and went down to the lobby with me. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Tiny Tiny. She's right over there, Sherry. She is, uh, wow, look at her. She's got sweatpants on, a sweatshirt. And a headband? Oh, I see. Yeah, well, she's working hard. She's also doing some training as well. She's trying to lose a few pounds. She's had one too many potatoes, so that's probably, well, it's a starchy, it's a starchy vegetable is what it is, and it starts to add up as a carb, but uh, all right, but yeah, I I got it, Teeny, I got it. Here comes the mailman now. Come on, mailman, get on in here, you crazy old mailman, you being all mailman-y. It's called talking right up to the post. I'm the mailman, if you didn't know, I'm the mailman, bring the mail to your Right to your door, if you didn't know that. Here he comes now. We'll get to the letter of the day. First, I take care of all the rest. Oh, gosh, look at all these letters. Let's go. Here we go, Sherry. Okay, Sean Kemp. TW mm. says, Kemp's stolen property sounds like OJ reclaiming his Heisman Trophy at gunpoint in Las Vegas many years ago. How about that? Uh, cops will not go after them. I repeat, cops will not pursue the guys that stole Kemp's stuff. Listen. Uh, I buy and sell and invest for a living. I have a shop in Bonnie Lake that's been broken into three different times. I've got the damn thieves on video, but the cops still won't pursue. So we have to take the law into our own hands if we ever want our possessions back. Oh, boy. Uh, being woke, 206 says wokeness. The inability to solve problems without blame or shame, often taking on the role of victim without personally experiencing whatever it is they convince themselves they are being mentally traumatized by. And 503 says, I think woke is the first stage towards wisdom. I recognize that because I've lived it. When I was full of emotions and lacked experience and thoughtfulness, at the time, I saw the injustices I wanted to see change. Then, after a lot of open-mindedness and a lot of help with shrooms and LSD and looking at things more objectively, I became more wise, working my way to enlightenment. When you can take the pebble from my hand. You know what that's a reference to, Sherry? No. 
Kung Fu. Kung Fu, I added the pebble part. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, tax at Amazon 425 said, uh, did Amazon bring 80,000 new people to Washington State or did it employ 80,000 people in Washington that were already here with different jobs also paying tax before working for Amazon? Hmm. Uh, they created jobs. And if one, one person left one job to take another job, they created jobs. Jobs create wealth. Uh, multiple family zoning. Sue says, my idea would be to have developers build homes like a 1,200 square foot. Uh, and if they say, well, they can't make any money doing that, then subsidize the difference. Hmm. 360 says, Sherry, so you think people who build homes will take less money and target a lower income group? Who would do that? It's like, would you take the lower paying job if all else is even? No, I would not. Oh, I thought you did. I'm sorry. I haven't seen your paycheck. Uh, tax and universal health care. Jeff says, uh, I used to like the universal health care until I started driving for Instacart. And I noticed everybody's diet with the four gallons of soda and the four gallons of ice cream and no carb, gluten-free, Atkins, keto, microwave meals. I'll pay for Medicare when people stop letting themselves get fat. Mm. Jeff. Gun, gun bills, 417. Did they define assault weapons? I don't know if they can. 480, suicide is a mental issue. It's not a gun issue. Jason says, John, there's already a 10-day waiting period, so this 10 days is on top of the previous 10-day waiting period from uh, 1639 back in 2019. I see. So buying a gun, no matter what it's used for, it's a big purchase, and in the sense that you should think about it uh, quite a bit first. So wait 10 days isn't that bad, says 425. Kelly says, John, I don't I do not agree with a 10 day waiting period at all. In fact, I don't care who you are or how old you are or how many felonies you think uh, you have. I think everybody should have the right to bear arms. That right there could cut crime down dramatically. Oh, if he uh, if he armed everybody. Oh, 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 oh good. Teeny's got a letter here today here. And now it is time Thank for you. the letter of the day. All right. Get yourself a potato there, Teeny. Good job. Well done. Sherry? Tina says this about our studio cameras. Mm-hmm. Cameras, mm-hmm. I admit to have to having a peek at my two friends I've never met, but oh. I felt like a voyeur. I have to be on camera at least a few times a week for work. I honestly don't think, think you guys should have to. I'd oh. send a list of reasons, but Curly'd get his underpants in a ringer and start <laughs> complaining about lists. <laughs> Love you guys. That's nice, Tina. Thank you, Tina. Don't get my underwear in a ringer. Or my underpants. Did she say underpants? underpants? Oh, good. Yeah, she knows. She's lists. a regular listener. There you go. All right. That's all. Let's do another hour of this. That's what I say. I'm just getting warmed up. I just want to just start spouting stuff. You ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Right, start Let's spouting. do it. All right. Girl, hold on. Nate over there, Beacon Pumping Traffic Desk, and get people home on time. Because that's his job. He loves doing it. Here we go. Nate. 